We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Broadcasting live from the Hyundai studio. Presented to you by your local Hyundai dealers. This is where Chicago goes to talk Bears. Sports Radio 670 The Score. Chicago's home for Bears fans. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The Score! Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation, as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction, starring score baseball insider Bruce Levine and half of Chicago's number one sports morning show, David Haw, on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, and always live on the free Odyssey app, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Good Saturday morning, Chicago. Welcome inside the clubhouse right here on 670. The score and your Odyssey app broadcasting live from the Hyundai Score Studios. I am David Haw, along with Bruce Levine, talking baseball from 9 to 11 like we do every Saturday morning, 52 weeks a year, promising today to separate facts from fiction on the White Sox managerial search because they are in quest to find the next Ozzie Guillen, which might be the last Ozzie Guillen. What's going on, Bruce, with the manager search? We have the playoff good morning, to talk David. about. We got the, good morning. We have a lot to go through, but let's start where I think a lot of fans want us to start, and that is on the south side. How's it going this morning? It's going great, David, and uh, always a pleasure to join you and our great listeners, the Chicago baseball fans out there every Saturday between – 9 and 11, 52 weeks out of the year, talking baseball here on The Score. David, uh, fact and fiction. Ozzie Guillen keeps being a lightning rod for the Chicago White Sox manager's job. Now, if you want to look at the odds in Vegas, okay, Joe Espada is one, uh, Pedro Grafal, two, Mike Schilt, three, Ozzie Guillen, four, okay? So if you want to believe those type of odds out there, you can. I'd rather talk to the people that we talk to and the sources we talk to and some of the candidates themselves. And from some of the reports uh, yesterday, uh, you know, they already had Ozzie Guillen interviewing with the Chicago White Sox. That is false. Ozzie Guillen has not interviewed with the Chicago White Sox for the manager's job. Uh, I can report that with great confidence. And uh, will he get a job? I can also report with great confidence that he is expecting to hear from the White Sox. The White Sox are expecting to reach out to him. But as of yesterday, uh, he had not heard a day or a time when he was going to sit down with the Chicago White Sox. We know that 
uh, Espada has interviewed. We know a few others have. We know that Bruce Bochy is now the manager of the Texas Rangers. The, these things we know. But Ozzie, uh, as I reported yesterday on Twitter, is expected to interview sometime next week. That is the latest. Uh, but he has not been given a date as of yesterday afternoon when I talked to my sources. That's good information, Bruce, and I think that is worth remembering as we talk about this and the process as it is underway. There have been some developments. We will get through those, and you also have opinions, I'm sure. 312-644-6767. What do you think the White Sox should be doing and what direction should they be going as they search for the next manager to replace Tony LaRussa? We also have the playoffs to discuss. We have a great show ahead of you. Uh, ahead for you with Jim Hendry, the special assistant to the New York Yankees front office, and Brian Cashman. He will join us at 9.30. Of course, he's a former Cub general manager. And at 10 o'clock, it is going to be a fun uh, conversation because they are always fun conversations when Ron Coomer is involved talking baseball. Bruce, I, I think that we need to be very specific, I think, when you talk about Ozzie Guillen and what was reported and what could happen and where this is all headed. Number one, Indulge me here. I think that we all agree that if Ozzie Guillen were not in the mix, we would be hearing more from Ozzie Guillen because the fact that his silence, in, this is a professional process. And I think that with Ozzie as accessible as he is to his employers, to NBC Sports Chicago, to 670, the score, if this weren't, if this weren't actually something that could happen, I think we would be hearing from him, but he's respecting the process and he's staying silent. Number two, I think that there is something you could probably confirm. The, the conversations with the front office, with Jerry Reinsdorf, with uh, the, you know, Kenny Williams, there might have been some air to clear. And I think that when you talk about a meeting with Jerry Reinsdorf, we can say that there have been conversations with Ozzie Guillen, whether it's to clear the air or to pl plot the future. But I think that those... It would you know, we'd be accurate in saying that. And, so, and, and the last thing is what you pointed out. Yes, there is a scheduled meeting next week to talk about the opening with Ozzie Guillen as a potential candidate to be the manager of the White Sox. Those three things are worth remembering when talking about what's next for the Sox as we discuss some of the other names involved. Right. Uh, you know, again, uh, Ozzie, I believe, is expecting to hear from the White Sox next week, but what I understand, hadn't heard from him as of uh, late yesterday. Uh, as far as his conversations with Jerry Reinsdorf, he's had a long relationship with Jerry Reinsdorf, you know, going back to the time that he uh, uh, came here from San Diego in a trade, you know, for uh, Lamar Hoyt back in uh, 1984. So from all of that, um, I think Ozzy has had conversations with Jerry. I don't think it's been about the manager's job. Uh, I, I, I think that process is clear that that is uh, Rick and Kenny's to handle until they find themselves the right candidate. Uh, but as far as uh, Ozzy talking to Jerry Reinsdorf, yes, they talked during the season. I know they talked uh, at the end of the season. I think that um, the front office is curious as to know what Ozzy thinks about uh, some of the players on the team. What might, what, how they might respond to a different voice other than Tony La Russa coming in. Not necessarily his, but a different voice. And uh, what, what he sees in those players there. I think, I think his opinion is very valued, not only from 
the perspective of Chicago baseball fans who listen to him on the pre and post and on the score uh, every week or sometimes multiple times a week. But <laughs> the fact that um, the, the front office itself, uh, you know, knows that Ozzy carries a lot of weight with Chicago and Chicago fans, and he's a really smart guy and is not afraid to tell everybody what, exactly what he thinks. All right, so let's get through some of the things that have happened along the way, developments in the search before we get to your phone calls, 312-644-6767. Bruce, I am on record, and I, and I haven't changed at all. I think Ozzie Guillen would be the best choice for the White Sox because of what he knows about this team, what they need at this time, and because of his credentials. But if they go a different direction, we have heard now uh, them interviewing Joe Espada, uh, the bench coach for the Astros, Pedro Grifol, the bench coach for the Royals, and I think that uh, Matt Quattraro, the bench coach for the Rays, uh, has also been in the mix. Bruce Bochy, who was uh, thought to be a candidate, or at least mentioned in conjunction with the White Sox job, took the job with the Texas Rangers uh, yesterday. He will uh, sign. He signed a three-year contract with the Rangers. How surprising was that to you, Bruce, and how much do you think the White Sox were interested in Bruce Bochy? Well, I, you know, you'd always have to be interested in a Bruce Bochy, a guy that won uh, championships in 2010, 12, and 14 with the Giants. Uh, tremendously respected guy with 25 years' experience at age 67. Uh, when he was let go by the Giants a few years ago, people uh, took it as a retirement. It, it really wasn't. He was forced out. Uh, they, they did not want him to be the manager anymore, and they made it pretty clear to him so they gave him the gracious way out of saying that he wouldn't be back. Uh, the reality was he never wanted to stop managing, and he's a very good one. So the, the, the idea that he's not going to be the White Sox manager, well, that's a, a very legitimate name that's out of the mix right now. I, I think that he'd be a good choice for anybody. But again, uh, when, when it comes to the uh, White Sox, what are the – David, I, I will reverse this question by asking you. What are the main characteristics that you need for your next Chicago White Sox manager? I will give you mine. Okay, you take go a ahead. second or two. Think about no, what I, those I'm characters, I, I'm characteristics are. Okay. I've watched this okay. team. Go ahead. I, I know what we saw. I think you need a manager who you can guarantee, number one, is going to be engaged all the time and have his team that is ready to play every single night i think you want a manager that is going to guarantee that your team knows how to play defense and run the bases with intelligence and 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 run do everything with intensity i think you want somebody who's going to be able to work with the front office but is not paralyzed by analytics i think you want somebody who's going to use instincts as much as they will analytics i know i'm describing ozzy Guillen in many ways but i think what this team needs is a manager that is not afraid to hold players accountable and is going to make the right move at the right time based on a mixture, a combination of instinct and analytics. You know, those are, those are very good uh, uh, one, two, three, four, fives. Uh, I, I think that's, that's outstanding, David. Uh, I, I will, I'll just say this, uh, that I don't think personally the White Sox can afford where they're at right now, where they're at means that window of opportunity to win a championship with the group that they have right now, albeit some of them may be moving on, some may not. But let's just say that most of this group is back 
the, the group that won 93 games in a division in t 2021 and the group that failed and was 500 in 2022. Let's just say they're all back. If that's the case, um, you're, you're going to need somebody that can get that message across, as yes. you said. You're going to need somebody yes. uh, that is not afraid to communicate and get in people's faces and, and make sure that it's his way or there will be bench time for you if you're not uh, adhering to the rules. No matter what your pay scale is or how important people think you are, you, you will find a way to the bench. So that is the difficult process for any manager in this day and age when people are making 15, 20, 25 million dollars a year. And it's one that Larusa could really never get over the hump with because of the fact that he came in hat in hand with a division winning championship team, always saying for the first year at the very least that I have to fit in with these guys. Well, when you give um, you give players that message, David, the message they're hearing is we don't need this guy. We don't need to listen to this guy. We're already way good enough to win without him. Perhaps, and he enabled them by telling them that he didn't have to run the first uh, 100% all the time. But I think that's a different issue. We've covered that ground. Bruce, a very secondary, lesser issue, I think, in concern. Right now, the White Sox have a credibility problem, I think. They also have a public relations issue that is growing by the day. They cancels FanFest. I know that's a small thing, but I think it underscores how the next hire, if you could do yourself – a favor if you could create some goodwill by hiring somebody who would be popular with the fan base and, and the fan base could actually get excited about the White Sox again that would be a bonus and all the other things that we have just said are true the baseball perspective the, the the qualities that you want in your next manager are all valid but if you could also hire somebody who in the same with the same stroke or is able to re-energize a fan base that has now been alienated and the Sox continue to do things that make no sense, that would be a bonus, and I think that would be a positive as well. I want to get to something that Jeff Blum, who is a World Series uh, hero from 2005, a name that will uh, White Sox fans always kind of will smile at the reference, he has an insight from being an Astros broadcaster into Joe Espada, the Astros bench coach, and he shared that uh, with Josh Nelson on the Sox Machine podcast earlier this week. Joe Espada is one of those names that keeps popping up when you talk about managerial opportunities because he, he's got, uh, you know, some pedigree working with, uh, you know, Joe Girardi in New York. He's been a third base coach. He's been a bench coach. He was a bench coach for A.J. Hinch when A.J. came over here and was able to establish his staff. So he made it a point to bring in a guy like Joe Espada. He's bilingual. He's Puerto Rican. He's got that fire and the knowledge of the game. But he also has a very good understanding of a lot of the analytics. And I think when Dusty Baker took over the job here with Houston, instead of funneling a lot of the analytics through A.J. Hinch, who was the manager at the time, now with Dusty in charge, it's funneling through Joe Espada. So Joe has done a really good job of taking a lot of the information from the front office and filtering it into that clubhouse. But he's done a very good job of also filtering it to Dusty Baker, trying to enhance what he's trying to do. But, uh, you know, that's kind of the beauty of what Dusty has here, too, is he's got Josh Miller, who, you know, kind of tutelage, you know, was tutored by Brent Strom. These guys have a very good understanding and handle 
handle on the personnel that they're working with. And he's Joe Espada has been a very good conduit between player and manager. And I think that's really kind of enhanced why, you know, the, the Astros organization and why they're in the position they're in right now. You need that good support staff. And Dusty has a great guy in Joe Espada. He's been amazing. What do you think, Bruce? Well, David, uh, I know Joe Spot is an outstanding baseball man. I know he's interviewed for some important jobs over the last few years. I don't think the White Sox can afford a year of getting to know you. Okay. I just do not think that flies. Now, in in some circumstances, I think Joe Spot would be just fine. And for all I know right now, he's the front runner, like a lot of people are reporting, and he'll get the job. Okay. Good, great. All I can tell you is this. By the time the guy gets through with spring training and wants to implement what he wants to implement and gets to know the players, you know, the season starts, and um, I don't know if what the White Sox nation needs is accomplished from last year to this year by Joe uh, in a getting-to-know-you year. So that's another reason why Ozzie Guillen I think is the right guy for this job. I'm not saying Ozzy is the right guy for every job. I'm not saying Ozzy is the right guy for this team three years from now. I'm saying for for right now, you and I believe that Ozzy Guillen is the right guy for this team, knowing what he knows about these players. Ozzy talks to me at length many times about his relationships that he when he talks to the players on the field. He has a relationship with Moncada. He has a relationship with Jimenez. He has a, a relationship with uh, the other players on the teams, like like Tim Anderson. That's that's already important. It's already established. No, not as a manager, but as a well-respected baseball guy around the team, a guy that took the, the, the White Sox to a World Series championship, a guy that played 15 years at shortstop for the White Sox. This is... Uh, still a well-established guy and I think that's who you need coming <clears throat> excuse me David coming in for the next manager's job for the White Sox I don't think is there's any time for the getting to know you part of it before we get out to the phone lines I agree with you Bruce I also think that's why as much respect as I think we both have for Jim Tomey the the person Jim Tomey the baseball man I don't feel like at this point speaking for myself it's a good time to go to Jim Tomey uh, manager in training that was floated earlier this week or at least it was discussed publicly what do you know about that possibility and why that became a source of discussion well Jim Tomey is one of the most respected baseball men in the country Uh, he not only is a part of the Chicago White Sox front office for many years now but also uh, does a great job on uh, MLB television and uh you know, is just a very well-respected guy. Because he was a big home run hitting guy, uh, nobody puts him in that realm of being uh, the leader of a team, the manager, uh, a guy who uh, would would run a team. I I personally think Jim Tomey would be a, an outstanding baseball manager. Um, he comes from the world of Charlie Manuel. Charlie Manuel was that type of manager for the Philadelphia Phillies when Jim played there and when they won a World Series uh, back in 2008. Uh, Charlie was looked at as basically a hitting guy, just like Jim is. And uh, 
he had had many years of managing in the minor leagues. He was uh, he always had to fight the image that hey, this is just country Charlie, a great hitting coach, not a great manager, and all he did was win, win, and win, win a World Series. So I think Jim falls into that role where people look at him as a hitting guy and a and a and a smart hitting person. I think he's he's way beyond that. I think he's a very good communicator. As to whether he'd want the job right now or that he would fit with this group, uh, I, I, I haven't considered that greatly, other than the fact that I know that Jim is a guy that if he wanted to manage, I think he would be great. Back to a spotter before we get to the phone lines. Yes, he has interviewed with the White Sox. No, he has not had a second interview, as has been reported in some different circles, because... They just are not at that stage yet. Let's wait and see where this goes. Let's go out to the score listener line powered by BetQL. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Mike is in Glencoe. Hey, Mike. Welcome to Inside the Club. Good morning, Good morning fellas. Um, and I wanted to follow up something on David that you mentioned. I, I am all for the Sox. I don't want to be excessively critis- critical. I want them to succeed. And I am just absolutely astounded that the way they've carried themselves over the last month David, you mentioned the Sox Fest note. I think all the listeners should go to the White Sox website and look at the cancellation for Sox Fest. Now, I haven't gone in a bunch of years, but how they handle that is unbelievable. And my impression is, and I'd appreciate your comment, that absolutely everything, everything they have done from that post-season closing press conference from Rick Hahn um, to this managerial search when they're not interviewing uh, Bochy and Joe Madden, the Jim Tony thing, uh, uh, Hans' comment about we err on the side of s- selecting good hitters, or, uh, this crazy quote he had, and, and then this lunacy with we're going to cancel Sox Fest, but we're not going to tell you the reasons why. Stay tuned the rest of the season. They're flipping the bird to the, uh, the Sox fans. I, I don't know. I, I, if these are smart guys, they are not playing this right. They hit 2 million in attendance for a terrible year. Bruce, what are they doing? Do they have any self-awareness? Thanks, Mike. Well, we're going to find out how self-aware they are by their next hire, which will be the manager of the Chicago White Sox. And it, I don't think it's going to take too much longer, David. Uh, you know, uh, J- uh, John Paul Mor- uh, uh, Morosi, John Morosi uh, reported that uh, it would be done soon. And then at the end of it, it said by the end of the month. Okay, so we have... We still have nine days left for that. And, and I'm sure by the time the general manager's meetings uh, come up on uh, November 7th, they will have uh, a new manager in place. I don't think it's going to take them all that long. But uh, going through the process the way they are and talking to a lot of candidates, I, David, I don't see anything wrong with that. I, I, think you, I think you owe it to yourselves and you owe it to your uh, franchise. You owe it to... Uh, the fans to, to get the very best guy that you think is available out there. And uh, since they haven't talked to a lot of these uh, candidates that are out there, I think it's good to get an education process going. Heck, uh, what happened the first time when Ozzy was hired? What, what, what was that all about? I mean, right. but it what happened was, is but... that at that time, Kenny Williams was not really considering Ozzy. Uh, at that time, Jerry said, why don't you just talk to Ozzy out of a courtesy? He did, and, and from what Kenny said, Ozzy blew him away. Well, let's see if Ozzy blows him away one more time uh, when he has his interview, hopefully next week. I have no problem with them being deliberate in the managerial search. I think they have time. 
And I do think a greater challenge is revamping the roster or adding the pieces that are necessary to contend and to finish the job. I do think that there is a tone-deaf element to the way the White Sox have operated lately, and I think Mike's point is well taken. I don't think the announcement about canceling FanFest is a huge deal, but I don't think it was handled very uh, cleverly or smoothly either. So I understand why the fans would feel that way. They have an alienated fan base right now. Uh, this past season did nothing but distance themselves from that kind of goodwill. So now they have an opportunity and maybe an obligation to hire the right guy, to make the right moves, and to put a team on the field that the fan base can be proud of again and feels connected to. And that, that's going to be an ongoing conversation, Bruce, and we will be right here to keep talking about it. But we're going to shift gears next. We're going to talk a little bit about the playoffs. We're going to look back at maybe uh, the the Cubs uh, earlier this uh Century, if you will, Jim Hendry, the former general manager of the Chicago Cubs for the past decade has been a special assistant to the New York Yankees. And he joins us next on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. And always live on the free Odyssey app presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Two seasons ago, has the lead at first base. And DeRosa hits a fly ball down the right field line. And Ethier will see it. It's a home run. Andre Ethier watches it just go fair into the bleachers. And Mark DeRosa, two-run homer, gives the Cubs the early lead. Welcome back to Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 to score. David Haw, Bruce Levine, until 11 o'clock. Thank you, TBS, for that highlight two-run homer. Mark DeRosa going back a little bit, and that was when Jim Hendry, our next guest, was the general manager of the Chicago Cubs. That was a job he held for from 2002 until 2011 for the past decade he's been a special assistant assistant to the new york yankees and he joins us now in the circa resort and casino in las vegas hotline home of the world's largest sports book good morning jim how are you morning guys i'm doing great 
great to talk to you after it's been too long. I uh, heard that highlight and reminisced about the days where you were in charge of the Cubs, Jim. How are things going for you, and um, how would you describe your role in the in the Yankees' success this season? Well, I've had a really uh, a good run here with uh, Brian Cashman. You know, this is my 11th year, and uh, it was a real good landing for me. You know, uh, at the, after my Cub days, uh, he's been great to me. I have a really great variety of things to do. I'm, I'm in spring training with the club, and then I work hard for the uh, two months for the draft, see the higher round guys, and then in the summer, you know, make a run through our minor league system and trade deadline and then free agents for the offseason and spend uh, a lot of time with the club when I can late in the year. So I'm in New York now. Unfortunately, we're in a tough spot. It's a must-win day for us, but uh, hoping to get right back in it today with uh, Garrett Cole hopefully uh, throwing another gem like he has the last two times out. Jim, great uh, talking to you on the air. It's, uh, it's always fantastic when we can catch up to you. And uh, I'm going to take you back to 2011 because at that time uh, we we know that uh, you didn't um, general manage the team after that you were let go at the end of that year but I remember some conversations I had with you uh, uh, going in and you were talking about uh, the the guys that you were looking at you know if Mike Quaddy didn't come back that next year and the guy who was right in the uh, Right in the center of a conversation here in Chicago again is Ozzie Guillen. I wonder mm-hmm. if you remember, uh, I know you established a really good relationship with Ozzie at that time. And uh, I'm wondering what you remember about your thoughts about Ozzie and the Chicago Cubs going forward while you were thinking about uh, the future there before you, yeah. were, uh, well, before you left. Well, I don't know how far, you know, that would have gone at, at that time when I kind of knew the end was coming, but. Uh, I always had a lot of respect for Ozzy as, as a manager, and, and he and I always got along, uh, which you know people wouldn't believe. But my time with Chicago, as much as the rivalry was good then, we were pretty good. The White Sox were good in that era, and uh, there was always a good, healthy relationship, starting with myself and Jerry Reinsdorf and, and Kenny and Rick Hahn, and really good people. But I, I really, in fact, my affection for Ozzy went way back. People probably, even you might not have known this, but Jack McKeon. Um, before he became the manager of the Marlins, when I was interviewing Dusty Baker and Bob Melvin before the 2003 uh, uh, season, uh, Jack, Jack McKeon called me and said, hey, the, the guy coaching third base with the Marlins is going to be a great manager. It was Ozzie. And uh, I said, gee, I'm pretty far down the road with Dusty, but thanks for the call. And, and look how history changed after that. But, yeah, I, I really liked Ozzie. I had a lot of respect. I thought in 2005, the great year for the Sox, I remember the time in August, September, it started to slide a little bit, which everybody goes through. And I thought Ozzy was the right guy, you know, keeping the keeping the ship afloat and bringing it home. I thought he was great. So, Jim, given your perspective, given your experience, as you see the game evolve and change, uh, somebody from your background with with the jobs that you have held, how do you describe to people uh, the the delicate balance between? analytics which are such a big part of today's game and the instincts that a lot of old school baseball guys lean into well i think obviously you you have to be progressive you know most people would think i'm an old school guy but but not so unbending that i don't think uh, a lot of it's very important and a lot of it's added to the game of course I, i do worry about where the game has gone in a lot of ways from a fan's perspective from an excitement perspective you know so much of our game has turned into, you know, walk strikeouts and home runs. And and I think the, that the commissioner's office and 
uh, with Theo's help this year, I think they're making some positive changes moving forward on the shifting and things like that. But it's also, you know, we, we should worry about the game a little bit. You know, we, we start out at a young age now, and it could cost a lot of money to play baseball as a kid, and the scholarship situation isn't good. So over time, we're not getting uh, enough of the great athletes in our country that I think used to play baseball. So it's just kind of a double whammy. Uh, I think in the next three to five years, it's important that we get the game back at a level that adds more excitement and fan interest because the younger generation is not really uh, gravitating to baseball as a fan as, 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 our, as the older people have for years. So we should worry about it. Uh, the analytics have a lot to do with it. I, I also think you can take some of it too far and you still have to rely on, you know, people in the, in the stand scouting the games and the knowledge they've had or the experience of, of coaches, you know, um, you know, it seems like a lot of good baseball people uh, are not in the game now. And then I think we should all uh, be, be concerned about that too. That's the voice of Jim Hendry. He's special assistant to Brian Cashman with the New York Yankees. They will play game three of the ALCS this afternoon at Yankee Stadium. Yankees are certainly up against it. But as Jim said, uh, they have their ace on the mound tonight and Cole, one of the best pitchers in baseball. So that's that's probably, Jim, the series right there with uh, with Cole going. But I, I wanted to stay on the subject with uh, that David brought up with you and and continue on. Dave Roberts, for the uh, second time in uh, in four years, being second guessed about taking out a, a hot pitcher in Anderson in the fifth inning and, and sticking with the analytics, saying that it was a well, he was at 85 pitches, even though he's blowing people away. They lost that game, and just the idea that managers appear to be turning into uh, lower grade middle managers with the analytics par- departments there. I, I wonder how you think the manager's role has changed and evolved since uh, you left of being a general manager 10 years ago? Well, it, it certainly has changed. And, and I think, um, uh, like I said, every, every organization may handle it differently. I mean, the Dodgers are a, a tremendously well-run place by Andrew Freeman. And, and I think Dave Roberts is a really good manager and a, and a terrific person. So I'm, I'm not real familiar with that game, but I, I think, I think you probably, you know, nobody knows, each team's personnel, where they're at in the season, you know, somebody dragging late in the year, going through some dead arm stuff, who knows? Uh, you know, but there is a lot of documentation that um, you can look at it two ways, that, you know, after maybe two times around the order, the percentages uh, increase for the hitters. Uh, the flip side of that is everybody coming out of the bullpen, you know, now throws, you know, 97 or 98. So uh, it's, it's easier to go to somebody like that. Um, and then there's cases where, when it doesn't work out, you know, it's the old, we should have left him in and, and got through the sixth or seventh inning. And some of it, unfortunately, as we develop young pitching now, uh, starting in the minor leagues, is the, the pitch counts are, you know, probably lower than they used to be collectively. Um, the velocity seem to be way up the way people are trained now, but the certainly there's there hasn't been uh, any great saving in injuries. You know, the injury prevention rate, uh, certainly is not what all of us would want it to be. So the game has changed, you know, and it's, uh, I, I think from us that have the old school in it, we'd like to see starting pitching um, go a little deeper or philosophically be deeper and people get themselves through uh, jams. And, and my theory on it is over 162 games, if you can go over six innings or get to seven, I mean, you're saving a couple hundred innings on your bullpen if you had three or four guys on the staff that could do that. Right. So that's where it takes its toll at the end of the year, it, in theory, it looks good. 
But the reality is that, you know, a lot of bullpens are overtaxed by the time you get to October because of the, the shortening of the innings of the starters. Jim, I think when you look back at your time as a general manager of the Cubs, you did some winning, you had some good years, and then you can't help but reflect on the challenges that you faced with ownership. And I can tell you from having somebody, you know, we, we both went through, had this in common, the, the Chicago Tribune ownership created a, a share of challenges that we both had to overcome at different times and different sort of stages of our careers. But when you look back still at now what you had to overcome then and again what the Cubs are now under the Ricketts ownership how uh, how do you put that into perspective and and how much do you marvel at what uh, just how how big Cubs uh, baseball Wrigleyville has become uh, compared to when you were there yeah well first of all I, I really am very fortunate to, to you know to sit in that chair for almost 10 years and I spent 17 with the Cubs uh, you know the first seven or eight were running the minor leagues and the draft but I have no um, negative thoughts on the way the Tribune treated me and gave us an opportunity to win. I, I, you know, I was hired by Andy McPhail and with Jim, the great Jim Dowell's approval. And then I worked for Dennis Fitzsimon, who was terrific. So unfortunately, when the Tribune, uh, you know, was, was forced to sell, um, some of that, you know, personal relationship and, and, and the opportunities were changed. You know, we had three owners in the last five years I was there, but no excuses. The, the Ricketts were really good to me also. And, you know, our chances to win at the end, uh, you know, were really, you know, just the unfortunate circumstances. And, and, and at the end, I, you know, we, it was, you know, time for me to go too. But I, we had our chances to win early. We, we put a dent in it. We changed a lot of things for the good early on. And the Tribune people were great to me. You know, we had, we just had that, you know, unfortunate situation where it, bounce around with ownership for a couple of years, but it certainly is not something I reflect back on and, and, and put any blame on the situation that happened, you know? So I'm hoping that the, uh, the Ricketts and the Cubs, you know, get things going again. The, the game is better when the Chicago Cubs are, are good. Uh, we all know that. And, and they've done a lot of wonderful things down there in the facility and in the, the neighborhood. And, uh, and hopefully they'll get back in the, in the pennant race here the next couple of years. Jim, you were around history in 1998 as a member of the front office with the Chicago Cubs. You were around history again this year in 2022 with Aaron Judge hitting 62. What are some of the comparisons, the things you remember uh, being parts of both of those front offices during this uh, tremendous run and uh, this incredible year by him? And, of course, what uh, what Sammy and McGuire were doing back in 98. And, uh, and we, we all know about the the steroids thing, we no no re- reason to to revisit that at this point. But I, I right. can I can just ask you straight out the buzz and uh, and what was going on. What what are your thoughts when you look at that time and and uh... mm-hmm. well back then, you know, I was you know like I said running the minor leagues in the draft and not, but I was at a lot of big league games and and as we all know, there was a couple of years after the strike year that. Baseball wasn't in good shape. Attendance wasn't in good shape. And and, the, and that summer that McGuire and Sosa did what they did, uh, even in the era they're in, it was it was great for the game. You know, and a lot of people now look back and criticize this and criticize that about that era. But it, it, it helped do – it did help bring the game back and the popularity that, that it stayed with for a while. So it was exciting time. It was, you know, kind of magical in its own way. And uh, this summer was great here. First of all, I, I think the world of uh, Aaron Judge, he, he's a, as good or better a guy as he is player. It's not anything that people are creating an image here, and he's not really like that off the field. He's, 
he's a 10 human being and then a 10 teammate. And uh, that's why you saw the support that his teammates gave him. And, you know, there's something about doing it here in New York when you're chasing Ruth and and Maris. I mean, it was really, it was unbelievable. And the way the kid handled it in September was just, just unbelievable. And there's no finger point never here with this guy. I mean, this is an era where, you know, you don't go through what everybody did in the nineties and early two thousands. So, to me, I mean, what he did was was really, really special, and the way he handled it was even even better. Jim, when you were at the Cubs, you hired Dusty Baker. Boom. Mm-hmm. Success. You hired Luke Pinella. It worked out. Today, I don't know if it's as easy to say when you have a managerial open, if a team looks at a manager who has had success and a resume and credentials, if that automatically qualifies them, because I think the job description has changed. How do you think it has changed, and how difficult is it to hire a manager these days? Well, you know, I haven't. I mean, I've been involved in the interview process here when we've hired, you know, a few. But um, you know, I'm not the one making the decisions. I, I was fortunate to have Dusty uh, and Lou, and, and Dusty and I spoke the other day in Houston, and and you know, he, he, you you talk about a guy that no matter where he's gone, he's he's had success, and he's having it now. They got a heck of a team, and. And you can see the guys, you know, still love playing for Dusty Baker. Um, you know, at the same time, the game is a little different. You know, um, there are people that, you know, obviously information is given to the managers and coaches and players that uh, never were available to players before. And, and like I said, you walk that fine line of the guy you want at the top step balanced with information that maybe in his era or the Lou Pinella type era, um, that that information certainly wasn't needed as much or used as much. So it's a balance. Uh, you know, front offices have changed too, and, and, and I think you have to have the combination of, of the new and the old. But, you know, I, I'm for one of thinking that, you know, obviously Dusty still has it. I, I think Bruce Bochy is a great, um, you know, hire by the Rangers. And obviously Chris Young had played for Boch. And, uh, you know, here's another guy that he's probably – not had the access to the information that he's going to get. And he's a hall of fame guy that will, I'm sure pick and choose what he feels is the most valuable and what to use and what not to use, but it's a balance now. And it's certainly a a different era the way you go about picking candidates now for those jobs too. Jim, uh, David and I really appreciate your time. It's always great catching up with Jim Hendry, who will always be remembered here as a winner and a great person to deal with. So uh, all the best to you and the Yankees uh, tonight. You're going to need it against a really yeah. tough Houston team. Thanks, Jim. Yeah, well, I want to... Thank you, guys. Thanks for all the, the good good years and the way you treated me all those years, too. Thank you. Jim Hendry, the special assistant to Brian Cashman with the New York Yankees. Bruce, thanks so much for setting that up. That was a terrific I, – I really have fond memories of dealing with Jim Hendry. I know things didn't end the way that he would have wanted and maybe Cub fans – uh, don't have as fond of memories, but he made an impact in a decade on the job as a general manager. I, I will tell you going guy. out, David, I will tell you going out that Jim Hendry was fired <clears throat> six months before they announced the firing. And uh, Mr. Ricketts asked him if uh, he would uh, kindly stay and finish out the year. And like a true soldier, Jim Hendry said, Sure, Mr. Ricketts, I'll be glad to do it. And no one heard a peep until they announced it uh, with the uh, last few days before that season ended in 2011. And uh, I will always admire the way that he handled it, including uh, making moves up until the time he was relieved of the job and uh, Theo Epstein was hired on 
October 21st of that year, about uh, three weeks later. Consummate pro. That's what we think. What do you think? 312-644-6767. More baseball talk when we come back. Inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw. Welcome back inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7, the score, David Hall, Bruce Levine, till 11. Want to remind you, you can join Gabe Ramirez and Mark Grody, double G, for the Miller Lite Top Draft Show, Tuesday night at Kenny's Irish Pub, 917 West 55th Street in Countryside, 6-9, to nine, while you're enjoying the broadcast and the insight from Gabe and Grody. Register to win future Bears tickets and other prizes brought to you by Miller Lite. It is Miller time. Bruce, great to talk to Jim Hendry. He works for Brian Cashman. There's one other general manager in the Major League Baseball who has been on the job as long as Brian Cashman and I guess longer than Rick Hahn. Can you name him? At one team or a a combination? Well, I guess the way to put this in the White Sox contest is Rick Mm -hmm. Hahn has been on the job since 2012. There are only two general managers who have been on the job longer since that point. Or were on the job when he took the job. One is Brian Cashman. Who's the other? Well, I would say Andrew Friedman between uh, Tampa and the Dodgers. Well, that's that... a good guess, but Bruce, that's a caveat. He didn't have. He's with the Rays, and he went to the Dodgers, so he's still on the job technically. Mike Rizzo is the answer. Your okay. Guy. And you know what? I it might be the last year for Mike because the Washington Nationals are being sold. Okay. And. Yeah. Uh, New ownership means changes sometimes. Mike has done a terrific job there. Chicago boy, uh, born and raised, and, uh, you know, worked in his first job many years with the White Sox as a scout, signed a lot of big players, including uh, being involved with Frank Thomas coming to the Chicago White Sox. Uh, Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, it's an ever-changing world of uh, sports management and – Mike has done a terrific job, but they are certainly in a rebuild of all rebuilds uh, with the worst record in baseball this year, uh, getting the number one pick going forward for the 2022-23 draft. ton of respect for Mike Rizzo, but it's got to be difficult to watch the NLCS and to see Juan Soto, who you once had, Bryce Harper, who you once have, go against each other for the Padres and the Phillies. Yeah, you want a ring. And they got a championship, but to see the talent that has left Washington in recent years, Max Scherzer is another name that comes to mind. Well, wow, they we, have let the talent out the door. David, will we be talking the same way about Aaron Judge and the Yankees after this season? Because Washington offered uh, Harper $300 million when $300 million wasn't fashionable. Uh, they also offered uh, Soto $400 million, and he turned that down, too. And now we got Judge, who turned down $217 million from the Yankees uh, last year. Now most people are thinking it's more than doubled. Uh, will he be escaping New York? How aggressive will the Cubs be in that pursuit of Aaron Judge and other free agents? How intelligent will their spending be? We'll ask our next guest. Ron Coomer joins us on Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 